Our gospel lesson for today is a fascinating one. It is often misunderstood and the accent is placed in the wrong places. What it's really trying to say, and remember it's a parable, and therefore it has one lesson to make and some of the other pieces of parts cannot be applied to us, or should they be? But the main thing is to pray always and not to lose heart. That's easily said than done. Many times we can go right on with our praying, and it becomes so routine and so repetitious that we don't even realize we're praying. And yet the call of the Christian is to live and breathe prayer. And so I would strongly suggest that this morning, that that's where we should be at. I know the Thilo family tries its best to do that, and it is not always so easy. Let me share with you some of the ways in which Pam and I try to live and breathe and pray constantly, as St. Paul suggests in First Thessalonians. Pray without ceasing. It's a wonderful world in which we live with all of the electronic possibilities, with all of the emails and uh, computers that we work with. Of course, they can be a great source for our prayer life. And it's certainly true of Paul and Pam, particularly of Paul who goes on every morning to a place on the computer which offers us me the possibility of reading scripture, which is there every day changed, and then prayers at the end. And so that's how I begin my day. Going to the computer of all things, never thought or dreamed I would do that. But that's where my source of prayer for the day is. And I rejoice in it. And it changes through the season. So I stay right in the church year and pray through the year regularly, every day. But that's not all we do. Between the two of us, Pam and I, we have a covenant between us that we will pray and use electronic means as well, or at least modern communication means. I read a section of Bonhoeffer. Whether you know him or not, I don't know, but Bonhoeffer is a wonderful, wonderful, great spiritual leader who's no longer with us but provides for us all sorts of possibilities in devotions and readings and scripture and all sorts of insights as to the nature of faith. So at any rate, we have a number of Bonhoeffer's books, and I will read an excerpt from Bonhoeffer's book as we start the day. Pam has already taken off. She's in the car headed towards work. And so fortunately, we have the ability to be in touch with each other by phone. And so the plan is I will read a part of Bonhoeffer and then excorde offer prayers. Prayers for our, the two of us, prayers for our family, prayers for this church, prayers for the world. But we're constantly involved in the prayer life by reading that background materials about spiritual life 
and then applying it to our own lives. We are constantly in prayer. In preparing for the sermon, in fact, we did the same thing almost. That is, we looked at this text, found it difficult, and went to our computer and looked up different sermons that have been preached on the basis of this text. And while people and preachers went in different directions, they ultimately came back to this point. You must and should be in a state of prayer constantly. I was tempted to ask those of you in the congregation to raise your hands who find yourself praying regularly and have a planned program of prayer, but I hesitate to do that. My responsibility is simply to suggest that. And if you haven't been doing it, to do it, because that's a part of the Christian life, to pray without ceasing. I was moved by materials that I received. Pam took them off again the computer and shared them with me, and then I share them now with you. The new Pope, Pope Francis, has a lot to say to all of us as Christians. He's a remarkable guy. And what he has to say about prayer is what I'd like to share with you this morning. The interviewer for the Republic magazine asked his how he preferred to pray. He says, St. Francis, I pray the breviary every morning, that is, the collection of psalms. I'd like to pray with the psalms, he says. Then later I celebrate the Mass, pray the rosary. What I really prefer is an adoration in the evening. Even when I get distracted and think of other things or as he puts it, even fall asleep. Kind of a human guy, isn't he? Because that's the experience a lot of us have in our prayer life. In the evening between 7 and 8 o'clock, I stay in front of the Blessed Sacrament for an hour of adoration. But I pray mentally, even when I'm waiting at the dentist or at other times. I find I can relate very nicely with that. There are so many times when I rush to appointments or have responsibilities in different places and all of a sudden I find myself with a big chunk of time because I'm waiting on the dentist or the doctor or the mechanic or whatever it may be and I wonder what should I do? Shall I read these old magazines that have been paged through over and over? No, I know what I will do. I will spend this time in prayer. And I have a planned program of prayer. My program includes starting with my oldest child, working my way down through all five of them and their spouses, and then down through the grandchildren and so forth, all 28 of them, and on to the next part of it, the Thompson family, Sarah's family, or Pam's family, and all the rest of it, and pray for them as well. It's a good exercise. That's a good way to spend your time in prayer. Apparently, 
that's a little bit of what the Pope does. He goes on to say, Prayer for me is always a prayer full of memory, of recollections, even the memory of my own history, or what the Lord has done in his church or in a particular parish. For me, it is the memory of those weeks that I've worked for the Lord. And I ask the question, what have I done for Christ? What am I doing for Christ? What should I do for Christ? In those memories, I recall prayers and offer them. What an exercise it is to follow, to follow the whole matter of praying through prayer and bringing to recollection all of past experiences and life. He then goes on to talk about where he has failed or what he has not done and where he needs the Lord's strength and guidance. All of it in the context of prayer. Lord, lead me, guide me, lift me up, and especially forgive me, O Lord, where I have failed. This is important to be a part of our prayer life. And I think that's what's suggested by the lesson for today. The woman here in this story approaches a judge, has nothing to do with religious life at all, but seeks something from him and comes back again and again to ask him for help, for deliverance, for herself and her family. That kind of doggedness is what God is talking about as an example that we might use as we come to him and seek him out and seek his help and strength and guidance. Here at church, we do that very thing. I'm taken by the fact that every Sunday we offer prayers. And we offer them together, which is significant. It is not a lonely individual exercise, but rather a community exercise. And what do we do? We pray almost the same prayers each week. The needs are the same. The direction is necessary. The same direction each week. And we have seen in our midst God working. He has increased our numbers. He has really moved the hearts of some. The depth of their faith just impresses me so, the gathering group here at Holy Trinity. Prayer has changed the lives of people here and has changed the lives of those you know because you have gathered here regularly and prayed constantly. That's the calling of this text. And the only way to close this prayer is to offer a prayer for that very thing, where we bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, on the basis of this text for today where this woman pleads again and again, may we do the same, O Lord, not in vain repetition, but in a desired purpose. We pray fervently that the members of this parish may use prayer, may find prayer, may do prayer in their lives here in this place and in their homes as they seek 
God's guidance, his will in their lives and in the lives of the people who gather here. Oh Lord, may prayer be a very important part of our lives. Just like breathing in and breathing out, may prayer be just like that. The necessity of it. If we don't go on living spiritually, we need to pray. And we need to pray for one another. Help us, O Lord, to do that very thing. We do it in the name of him who taught us to pray. Jesus the Christ. Amen.